Hey, 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 welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. Let's talk Barry, the penultimate episode to the season three finale, Candy Asses, written by Liz Sarnoff, directed by Bill Hader. I gave this one a lower score, 9.4 out of 10, but still a great episode. Uh, There were a few problematic things I had. I'm still trying to process the fact that Jim Moss is a character. (laughs) Do not introduce someone who is so very clearly a badass and someone who would want answers in the in the tail ass end of a season because of course there's going to be the question of where the fuck have you been all this time and that is still something worth noting what's going on with hank's story i'm really not sure and then lastly i think the strongest bit of this episode was what happens when you are faced with the decision to get revenge versus being unable to unable to take a life no matter what justification you have for it i thought that was the standout as well as sally getting the getting her just desserts and (laughs) that being the exact name of the television show of natalie's is chef's kiss gotcha bitch Wherever you're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, do me a favor, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, and subscribe. I will be finishing up Barry tonight. So if you do have any lingering thoughts on what could happen in season four, just comment. You can leave those below. Uh, blackercouch at gmail.com is the email you can reach out if you want to send thoughts on other shows that I do. In a church, the choir sings, but when all are seated, one man remains standing, frozen. Then we flash back to Barry convulsing on Sharon's dining room floor. She covers his face and leaves. Later, bitch! Get fucked! I like the realism there because despite how easy Barry makes murder seem, it's not quite so easy (laughs) for someone, even if they feel justified to watch someone die, that's too much. But I want to talk about this, this opening scene because I don't feel like we came back to it. Who was that man? Did I miss something? It's possible, but what was that entire scene supposed to be about? I didn't, I don't feel like I I got that context. Gene's masterclass opening monologue for his new show is a mix between Mr. Rogers and anything else premiering on the Food Network, but about acting. Annie has accepted his offer and Gene accepts her direction. Barry appears to have survived his poisoning and heads out of Sharon's house, then onto a beach.
this is plausible. We don't know what she poisoned him with, but it wasn't as great of an amount, even though clearly she didn't need it, but it's plausible that he would still survive it. A group of people are waiting for him in the distance, a very large group, but he doesn't go near them. Sally in her writer's room meeting wonders how someone who wants to get laid would bite someone's dick off. How about explore what she feels in a conversation instead of literally have her bite someone's dick off? (laughs) Her team supports her standing up for the stupidity in the script. As she hears laughter, instead of accepting, being accepted and a voice of reason, she is told there is a new showrunner that many find hilarious and Sally cannot contain her jealous rage when she realizes that person is Natalie. Natalie, who doesn't want to take herself too seriously, who really does fit in at Banshee far more (laughs) than, say, Sally, unless they're doing what Sally wants. She embraces the, the silliness and being quirky, and she finally found a place where people like her. But Sally considers this someone beneath her and for her to succeed where she failed is not something she is going to let go without commentary natalie unfortunately isn't as kind or assistant truly having learned from her mentor and they get on the elevator except they don't get on the elevator natalie gets on the elevator sally also boarded but natalie didn't realize until she pulled the emergency stop button to corner her prey and this is a very predatory type of action there's no defending sally here i don't care what your feelings are on the matter you do not own natalie you do not own her success and choosing to do so in a manner that makes the other person cower before you. But I do appreciate uh, Natalie sticking up for herself. Uh, Because Natalie's show, while it's similar, only in that it's a single mom and a daughter, (laughs) but with a bakery store called Just Desserts, uh, is in no way a parallel to uh, to Sally's story. And I think it is absurd for Sally to accuse her of stealing her show. This is not about the show. It's about the fact that, again, Natalie got somewhere and she is frustrated about where she did not get. She cannot allow anyone to step out of her shadow, especially someone she doesn't feel is worthy And this is after all of the things that Sally has done to Natalie since season one. You know, she pretty much uh, takes over where she wants people to meet. From the moment we've met her, Sally has absolutely bullied Natalie, kept her in her shadow. You know, Natalie had that great moment last episode of truly supporting her despite how despicable her behavior has been. 
she still took the crumbs that were given to her and she ran with them. And the fact that she still could get further than Sally drives her insane and is behind this outburst despite her telling her she is uncomfortable oh yeah remember when the friend showed up and she left the party with zach burrows which is her friend and then everyone called her out about it she got the lead and she got gene to take natalie away from the lead and give it to her i mean sally has been awful (laughs) but this i think takes the cake as she says i'm uncomfortable she ignores that she says or she disparages her show as nothing but a math equation as she has nothing to say about anything clearly insulting natalie's intelligence she spits in her face that she never struggled a day in her life and doesn't have an abusive backstory and thus doesn't deserve any accolades like that should be the the point of judgment for who deserves what not to mention you just came out about this abusive backstory (laughs) and then because it was your ticket to the big show you're like oh no you don't even have any of that and what why should someone have to struggle like I'm not of that opinion (laughs) I think that is something that is taught by the older generation that you must struggle and there's probably some truth in the sense of nothing is free But some people are born a little bit more blessed than others. And taking advantage of that is not in itself a horrible thing. (laughs) Uh, Because they don't have any control about or, or, you know, them being born into such. But uh, Sally doesn't listen to her reason about how she could criticize her for not being a parent, having a daughter in a show when she herself isn't a parent, yet included a daughter in her backstory. And she screams, you are nothing without me. You are nothing. You nobody piece of shit. I brought you into the fold. This is how you fucking betrayed me. And Natalie says, I cubed carrots for you. Ain't nobody got time for that. As stated before, I'm glad Natalie did, despite how scared she was in that moment, did stick up for herself on multiple occasions. Like, I'm not going to thank you. I mean, I actually did thank you. In a moment that you were feeling low, that you didn't deserve for the behavior and insignificant things you gave me, just because you preferred having a cheerleader in the background for you. Sally responds by calling her an entitled cunt. You entitled fucking cunt. Bitch, you just jealous of my Super Saiyan swagger. With respect, fuck you. Clearly, when I'm recording is the time anyone wants to send me any messages. (laughs) I'm not saying anyone deserves to be with a murderer, but if anyone would fall into a situation in which they are sleeping with a murderer or could be their girlfriend, it would be Sally. She leaves her with those damning words, you entitled fucking cunt, which very much sums up Sally herself. But Sally didn't notice that homegirl had her phone on her the entire time. You're so mean to me. You gonna learn today. What the fuck, hey? He just in Bolivia with an L.A. cap on announcing himself and his intentions like anyone on the street gone. No crystal ball by name. He asked the vendor 
if he spoke English, he said, no. He's like, do you know this family? He's like, they deal drugs. He's like, yes, where can I find them? Then basically watched himself get captured. If you're feeling suicidal, you've come to the right place. I'm a little disappointed on how they are handling the Hank story uh between last episode and this episode it feels like it's going to go to a conclusion but i don't even understand how that's gonna unfold barry's nowhere near the scenario so i have no idea how this is gonna go down but i think hank showing up all by himself very much a tourist uh the back shot of bolivia that shot wasn't the greatest (laughs) But, uh, and I don't know what Bolivia even looks like, so, uh, that tells you that it just stuck out to me. But I don't know what the end game is here. Barry keeps his distance away from the group of people on the beach, but then a car pulls up, and it's Ryan's father. Barry did, in fact, leave Sharon's house, but is found by a dumpster, coincidentally, by the man who considers what to do. Jean continues to make overtures towards Annie, who isn't returning, just keeping things professional and civil. Uh, But he doesn't pout about it. He just says, you know, forgiveness is earned by the person once they're ready to give it, not because you demand of it. And that is that is perfect. (laughs) Uh, she admits to Cheryl she is having a panic attack, feeling unsure of herself because she hasn't done this in 20 years, but she is assured by Cheryl that she is doing a really good job, although Cheryl's a little hurt she didn't know her name. So even the best of people can, can, uh, like you never know their impact on people around them. Fuchs shows up to Jim Moss's and the most realistic reaction that I should have seen happen from a lot of people does not happen, which is someone taking this man to the police station or even going to the police with the fact that they're all, this man is telling us that this man murdered our loved ones and here's his address. And he also happens, I mean, all you had to do was show them a photo and the police would have been better informed, but because they probably realized a long time ago, they're shit if you listen at all to Baycat, who continues to insist that the Raven had everything to do with it and that Fuchs is said Raven. Uh, I would be not inclined to go back there either. But Fuchs shows up at Jim Moss's and agrees to go for a ride, offering him Barry's address. He admits to being a fighter pilot who got shot down and captured in Nam. He was tortured, but he convinces interrogator to kill himself. What did he say? Hey, oh, oh, hey. Nigga, 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 nigga. I'm 200 nigga. Jim talks about how he had an aptitude for breaking motherfuckers and wanted Janice to follow up in his footsteps, but she said, "Daddy, what you do is fucked up." Fuchs still hasn't gotten over the shock of how he got a man to kill himself, saying, was he depressed? Did you get a sense of his home life? Maybe he just found himself in an impossible situation and you were able to luckily uh, exploit that. But I doubt that this was an actual skill of badassery until he realizes that this man drove him directly to the police station with a whole squad outside waiting for him without him noticing. It was at this moment that he knew. 
he fucked up. At the police station, Fuchs is confirmed as the one who killed Janice, but Jim points out that he said one of Gene Cousineau's students named Barry did it, alarming Albert, who wants to speak with him alone without cameras. May is like, that's not how we do things around here. And the captain's like, let him do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Jim hearing that Gene also accused Barry of killing Janice sends him off in a different direction. Both men honing in on the same target for differing reasons. Albert seems like a good guy. It would be a shame that someone else shelters Barry from getting really the help he needs i know i talked about the weight gain at the beginning of the season and i think now i fully understand why i felt i don't think i voiced it but a few episodes i got it that it was a sign of depression and i think his life without purpose he is crying out to be stopped in some capacity even though he doesn't want to go to jail and that's where i'm like you you have to if you really want to be a better person or you want to get back to that good person that you think that you are you have to be stopped you need he i do believe that barry needs some actual fucking mental help um but i also do think that he needs to be in the place where he needs to be because he is a walking uh target for a lot of innocent bystanders around him and i do mean when you talk about ryan's father who takes barry to the emergency room he thinks he's taking him to the the police station because all he hears is sirens and he says no like you would thought with barry being fucking poison and knowing that fuchs is coming after him he would resign himself to his fate and yet he's still trying to fight against it and then ryan's father takes out a gun but i just had a moment of epiphany maybe that is what he fears the most is actually facing what he's done he would rather just die (laughs) you know be taken out in the life than actually be exposed for the person that he truly is but i think that's the only way you truly can change right that's that's what gene is learning accepting this is what i've done it was wrong and choosing to atone for that and not on his terms but on the other person's term i think there's something about that that I think in all of these shows, and don't get me wrong, I don't ever want to tell anyone how to watch television. <laughs> I have rooted for many of the bad guys. Uh, that's certainly there, right? And meant to be enjoyed as such. But I do think that, as I stated, I think there's rules to this shit. <laughs> Especially, I and mean, it's not to say that you have to, but I do think there is a little bit of, we've been watching the bad guys get away with shit so long in the real world that yeah in fantasy you do kind of want to see otherwise it's starting to feel a little like you don't have any control like these things don't matter they don't apply in the same case especially after ozark and i like that this show is not saying that it doesn't matter you know even if you like the intag or the protagonist what they've done what they do what they continue to do uh has to be taken into account. Akbel, because Hank has been captured, he's in another room where a concrete wall separates them, but they're able to hear each other. Sure, maybe it's hollow. He calls out to Hank in his cell, and they admit that they are being tortured, that they want to know about Ferdinand, and they also want to know about Hank and Cristobal, 
But Yander says, even though he's bleeding out, that he almost got his hand loose from the handcuffs and to be ready. And I'm like, for what? Hank feels guilty as this is about his relationship with Cristobal as he chose to blow up Fernando or Fernand. Though technically that's not on him. That's on Batir because he was like, we don't need to go after them. And Batir was like, no, we do. So I suppose I cannot hold him accountable for that call. But he did want to get rid of Ferdinand so that he could free him for Cristobal and Cristobal still betrayed him and didn't tell him the entire story. And that not being the thing that's being addressed feels as if uh, it needs to be. (laughs) It, It feels off in the story arc because Hank is not he's not an idiot. But I don't know what this is. This is all we got from them. And I'm hoping they'll probably is going to have where they want to finish the story in the finale. But it does feel like the last couple of episodes, they've been really treading it. Sally gets a call from Lindsay. Cover, 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 chameleon. You come and go. You come and go. She has been dropped from the show that she was on. She says, I have to post an apology, but it's not the right move. Because Sally doesn't know how to apologize. She's like, just wait for me. I'm coming over. Gene gets praise about his project, but makes sure that Annie is included. And she is offered future work with Cheryl rooting her on. Gene is pleased until he sees Jim Moss, who bluntly tells him Fuchs is in jail and Barry killed Janice. Despite his words, Jim can see the sweat on his brow about Barry and leaves. He also realizes that he doesn't bring up his own worries about Barry. And that means that the man probably feels threatened. Sally doesn't listen and makes an apology that isn't an apology at all. And Lindsay points out it damages her show. And if she wanted or if she would just let her do her job, she could have handled this better. But she's like, Why should I listen to you? You're a liar. You wanted to stay with Banshee for the commission and you can fuck off. So she says, I have to drop you. You're gone. Fired. Out of here. Ain't nothing I can do for you. Once again, Bill Hader knows what to do with a set piece. As she's going through this rant, she talks about how she's drowning. She's getting closer and closer to the darkness behind her. She is ready. She's at the precipice of psychologically going into the darkness as well. Now that things have piled up from the canceling of her show to the Natalie to being dropped by her agent. Now everything that she's gained, she's lost. Barry is still in Ryan's car as he talks about the continued loss of his son. The memory, even his wife believes uh, the tarnished memory that the city had changed him into something that he wasn't because he took the brunt of the fallout of Barry. And if we're being honest, Hank's actions, because I do love me Hank, but he's, uh, you know, he's far from the Cheshire mob. Granted, we can kind of put that more on uh, because that all started because (laughs) Ryan was having sex with a homeboy's wife and he's the one that ordered the execution. Hank just worked for the man. But this is the collateral damage and the psychological torture to those people left behind all the way down to, I think he says a little bit later, how 
Sharon's son, Theo, still sleeps in the bed with his mother, that tall-ass boy, because he's terrified of the person that's going to come back and kill him like someone killed his father, even though she believes that he killed himself. It's just fucked. He wants to kill Barry, but he can't, and he doesn't understand why he can't, because some people are just incapable of being monsters. Even if that monster killed your child, And what do you do? Save the life of the man that murdered your child or at least had something to do? Let's be real. He would have murdered Ryan if the Chechens weren't. So (laughs) Uh, if he really wanted to save him, he would have said, look, people are trying to kill you. You should probably get the fuck out of town or seek police shelter. So the poor man unfortunately kills himself. But we don't find that out until a little bit later. Barry joins the people on the beach, which are the dead, the people he has killed. He recognizes a few faces. Some, they clearly don't look at him. What is that boat? I'm guessing that's the boat to the afterlife. Uh, I don't think he's going to a happy place. I don't think it's just just death because (laughs) there'd be no way that Chris would be sitting there. (laughs) I don't know. All these people would be going to hell with him. He even tries to wave at Chris's, uh, Chris, happy to see a familiar face as if he didn't kill him. What the fuck is wrong with you as a person? And that's when we get the perspective of Barry on the gurney showing the suicide from his perspective because he did save his life, give him, bring him to the attention of medical professionals, but he could not live with that decision. Albert still is in full denial about how far down this murder spree Barry is involved in until after being told after he tells fuchs brings him some chips and a soda tells him the cameras are off he shares that barry is a good friend he realizes this is the guy whose life he he saved he thinks that switch that barry turned on to with him killing the wrong guy it's like yeah that's a that's a mindset You know, Fuchs explains Barry's got anger problems and that's something he harnessed or that switch anyway, he harnessed into a lucrative career for him until a job went bad. And that that other friend of yours, Albert, named Chris, well, he saw something he shouldn't have. He also points out the fact that he participates, Barry, in the charity runs in the memory of the man that he murdered, scarring his son to the point, as I stated prior that he is still in bed with his mama. And this is some pretty damning news to someone. You're like, yeah, he's a good guy. And I think that's what Feeks once acknowledged. Like, I'm the devil, but you, my friend, are just as much of one as I am. And if I'm going to, if I deserve to go to hell, well, then you're fucking going with me. And he wants to assure that. And the minute he even gets a slight, friend of 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 Barry's someone who might actually help Barry he immediately points out his monstrous actions to dissolve that picture that he has of himself and I think that's what Barry feels the most and why Fuchs is going after it I, I wanted to say Fuchs was I mean he is fucked up but his revenge is pretty complete in the sense of he doesn't even, does he really want him dead or does he really want him exposed? I think either would be, would be working for him, but I think more than anything, he wants him exposed. And he knows nothing can save him, so he might as well 
and with a penny and with a pound, you know, <laughs> he's already going to the place in which he's going. But he can't afford to lose Barry in that. And I think if he thinks I can bring Barry back to my level and he has no one else, then he will come back to me. And that's all types of abusively fucked up as well. I still feel like there's more to that. There's got to be more to that than I'm just his manager. I'm just his handler. You're a friend of his father's. I don't think we've gotten the backstory that we need. And I think that is what we might start getting in season four. Because I'm wondering what season four could possibly bring. I don't know going into this finale if Barry is going to be able to get out of this unless Albert gets him out. That's the saving grace. But Jim Moss seems like he's a guy that is prepared to do what he needs to do. Again, I wish this, it had to come at this point because unless you were going to go after this storyline, but it's, I don't know, maybe a mention, (laughs) you know, he could have been off somewhere, deployed overseas, Uh, anything to give him an excuse. I would have just wished it was a little cleaner, his reintroduction into the story arc or introduction, I should say, Um, because I'm also very intrigued of just because of the man's mindset and his skill set him being from the military understanding a little bit better that's the type of person who needs to be talking to Barry and if anyone could break him and maybe put him back up well might break him to try to make him kill himself also that's an option uh that's gonna be this man so I want to see more from him but I don't think we're gonna get that in one episode so either he gets off completely or I don't know I really don't. (laughs) I can't see still where this could possibly go in the next season, but we are soon to find out. So until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.